This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this Free For All Friday. And of course, it's the day when we talk about what you want to talk about. And boy, there's an overflow today. Uh, You know, the ceremony naming the new cabinet is still underway at Queen's Park. You heard about some of the changes in Bob's news. And I have to say that the most important appointment there, of course, was the appointment of Sylvia Jones as Deputy Premier and Health Minister. And I have to say, I think that was probably the best of all possible choices earlier this week when you heard names being thrown around. I I know a couple of times I was thinking, "Mm, I don't know if that would be a good fit and a good choice. And uh, some of the other names, a little bit of a head scratcher, uh, the premier put his nephew in cabinet at the age of 28. Did he earn that? I mean, he did knock off an NDP incumbent, but uh, how much of that had to do with the work he has actually done. I'd I'd like to hear from you. And of course, when it comes to the cabinet, you know, as citizens, we all wish them the best because, you know, also we're the people who are supposed to receive the government services and we want it to go well. And there are huge challenges now as we get out of COVID, a lot of those challenges being directly related to labor shortages, uh, maybe in some cases, especially at other levels of government, people who were supposed to be working from home and maybe they were not exactly being diligent. I think most of that is from other levels of government. Uh, so what do you think about the cabinet change we have in the United States overturning Roe versus Wade? Uh, that was expected, just not necessarily today. That means probably half the states will ban abortion. What's going to happen then and who is going to be hurt? And of course, this comes one day after the Supreme Court there uh, overturned the right of states to limit uh, where and how you can carry weapons said it's unconstitutional to, t- to tell people that they can't carry a concealed weapon. Uh, I don't know. Were they thinking that maybe New York and California, where you couldn't, did not get their fair share of mass shootings? I mean, you know, I got to say, look at that. Shake my head. Wh- what part of this don't they understand? Or maybe they do understand. Um, I don't know. I do not know. Also, as Bob mentioned, some of the things that were hot topics here this week, it's those MCRs of people who have their driver's license suspended for medical conditions, and then uh, good luck trying to get them reinstated. The bureaucracy is moving slowly. And also, I was quite surprised because we were talking about Toronto as a host city for the World Cup. And not a single person, and I couldn't take all the calls, was in favor of it. But yet, 
uh, we taxpayers are going to be on the hook for about 600 million bucks for 10 games in Ottawa, in, uh, here in Toronto and in Vancouver. And that's without cost overruns. You think there might be cost overruns with this? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And let us go to Barry in North York. Hi, Barry. Good afternoon. Um, I wanted to speak with about Jane's comments on reference to COVID um, this morning. She said that people are still getting fairly serious symptoms in spite of being vaccinated. Also, there are people dying. It did not surprise me at all because I feel that a number of people are acting as though COVID does not exist. And as long as people do that, it will always exist and always be serious. Uh, well, I don't know about always, but I have to say, you know, uh, the 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 word going around for a lot of people is, well, it, it, it'll be nothing if you get it. That is not true. It You know, if you're vaccinated, it'll keep you out of hospital. But I have to say that uh, so out of four people I know that have got it in the last week, uh, one of them had fairly mild symptoms because uh, he was very young, is very young, and had four shots, right? He got a four shot in another country. The other three people who are, I would say, mi- middle-aged, uh, all of them are really quite sick. And that's they, w- they would have had three shots, I think, those people really, really quite sick, uh, as in uh, they're at home in bed and uh, cannot really get out of bed much. So that's... So we have to settle down. We have to settle down a little bit. Not you are going wild. We're going to conscious and sports activities and this. Oh, it's not. It's not going to hit me. The COVID doesn't exist. Well, it does. But I want to leave you with a quick, clean joke because so COVID is so, so serious. I tell everybody jokes because we've got to laugh more. Uh, a lady gets a knock at the door, it's the police, and the police say, we've got complaints about you. So what are they complaining about? They're complaining that your dogs are chasing people on bicycles. And she says, well, that's just a lie. That's silly. My dogs don't even own bicycles. Okay. All righty. Uh, I don't know if that's ready for your routine uh, at a comedy cafe, Barry, but uh, thank you for that. Is I've told it to a lot of people, and only one person, my friend, said, oh, yeah. But most people, they laugh, and they think, that's great, because it actually has to do with our language, right? Okay. The way the English language. If you um, have to explain a joke, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's not that funny. But uh, I will leave it to our listeners who have heard the joke. They can decide for themselves if that was a good joke or not. Um, so again, people, I'm wondering, maybe you didn't get through when we were talking about being on the hook for hundreds of millions of dollars to bring five soccer games here with City Councilor Mike Cole and others insisting that this is an investment and a great business decision, that it'll make businesses come to Toronto and it'll make uh, investment here. I, I mean, I don't uh, believe that math, frankly. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, one 
866-740-4740. And I'm going to take a call from Sita in Mississauga. I want to talk about one of yesterday's topics. Hi, Sita. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Lots of great topics. So I am not saying that the parents of Mark Musso should pay for their son's mistake. But since they do donate money, money that a hospital needs so badly, instead of putting their name on the plaque, why not dedicate it in the Lake Neville Lake family name? I mean, this lady doesn't have parents. She doesn't have children. She doesn't have a husband because of what happened. What happened? And maybe this will give her some kind of relief that uh, there's a message that's saying don't drink and drive. Well, you know what? I have heard that idea being floated. As a matter of fact, I think one of our uh, one of our panelists yesterday suggested that. Uh, oh, okay. And again, it's 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 up to that family. If I were them, I would think, you know what? Having our name on a building is not, uh, as I said, you know, even. Uh, for me, and I'm far removed from this, when I see that name, I think about drunk driving. I don't <laughs> think about a philanthropic family. So uh, I wonder if they, I'm sure they have advisors. So they're, I wonder if they're thinking about it. But, you know, and, and people, uh, you let me, the, the other side of it is that there, that some of the people who were really going on about this on social media they uh, they kind of want to, social media is very anonymous and they kind of want to hide behind it. They're not willing, they weren't willing to talk to us or to come forward or to get involved. Like, so I, I mean, this is one of the problems I have with social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's people hide, you know, they, they say things and yeah. do things they would never do face to face. Yes, yes. And they don't speak up when they're just causing issues and problems. That's what it is. Okay. And thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you. you. All right. I am going to take, I'm getting the bell ready, and I'm going to take a first-time caller. Richard in Burlington, welcome. Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me. Uh, Libby, now that we've got an elected official in charge of the province officially, I'm curious because as as someone who's had to see medical specialists for various specific things, I'm wondering when we're going to have some medical specialists making decisions for us who have actually treated COVID patients. Because as it is, we've had Dr. Moore and Dr. Yaffe and Dr. Lawrence Lowe and Dr. Tam uh, giving a lot of direction, but none of them have actually ever treated a COVID patient. Yet the world is ignoring people like Dr. Zelenko and Dr. Peter McCullough. I I don't know who those are, but uh, doctors who treat uh, them are on all these scientific advisory boards. Oh, I think you might want to bring Dr. Peter McCullough on the show, Libby. He's treated over 2,000 COVID patients. I'll I'll look him up. Um, uh, I will look him up. Thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, I have, I have confidence in, you know, most of the doctors there. And, uh, when it comes to the advisory table, it is uh, certainly there are people 
who are treating COVID patients. And we talk to here on this show, people who are treating COVID patients all the time, the ones who are on the front lines, like Dr. Alon Vaisman, Dr. Susie Hota. Um, uh, I'll look up those guys, but I just had a funny feeling. <laughs> like what, it, what is, what is up with those people? And, um, uh, people, if, if you're calling with conspiracy theories, don't call me. I'm, you know, not going to publicize those. Okay, who is next? Brian and Mimico. Hi, Brian. Hi. First off, Roe v. Wade. Come on, this is 2022. My God, the United States. But uh, how can it possibly cost $60 million a game? That's five games, $300 million. That's $60 million for one game. You're going to spend that? How would you ever get that kind of money back? There's no way. Well, that's government. They run it. Goes out of hand. Private sector, they probably do it for two, three, four, five million, if that. Well, apparently the private sector is involved. They're going to put in some money as well. But I, I, that's exactly the math that I don't get. Really? You really think you're going to get that money back? I doubt it. That's the same thing with the Olympics. I don't want to ever hear anyone saying, oh, we should get the Olympics. After the Olympics screwed us out with uh, giving it to Atlanta and China, no way I want to hear from them again. Forget about these big, dumb, stupid ideas. <laughs> the world is changing much too much to even host these things anymore. Okay. Brian, thank you for that. And, you know, there's one idea that, um, you know, actually, my brother, the founder of this station, had this idea years and years ago, and maybe it's time for it to be adopted, that rather than have one city do it all, that you spread the events around different cities. So, you know, in that case, if you're doing track and field, there is only one kind of course that you have to worry about. And, uh, you know, it, it makes perfect sense to me. Why should one city have to handle all of that? Something to think about. And, you know, recently, I think I've seen that suggestion elsewhere as well. Uh, we are going to take a call from Kevin in St. Catharines. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Levy. First time caller. Okay, wait. Okay. Welcome. My concern is with the liberal government giving people on old age security a raise and whatever the money they're giving them. And what about everybody under 75? I call that age discrimination. I'm pretty upset about that because there's a lot of people between 65 and 75 that could probably use a, a helping hand. Uh, I agree with you. And I'm surprised none of these MPs are, are saying to Trudeau, hey, let's uh, get on board here and include everybody. Okay, well, Trudeau has, uh, you know, he seems to be, I don't know, floundering. Uh, he seems to be, frankly, he's getting ready to exit the stage. I mean, there's so much going on with that government. I was talking earlier this week about this really smart column by Tom Mulcair, the former NDP leader, talking about all government incompetence. I mean, they can't issue some passports. Mm -hmm. There's chaos at the airports. And uh, they also have this agreement with the NDP to prop them up for four years. Yeah, well, what's going to happen is 
he's going to leave Krista Freeland if she decides to run for prime minister in the same boat as Kathleen Wynne did. Going to destroy the party, and that'll be it. Oh. Anyway, thanks for your time. I just hope that uh, some of these MPs start sticking up for their constituents and say, hey, what's good for one should be good for all. Okay, Kevin, thanks for that. I mean, they are spending money like water. So, uh, yeah, this is like, why not spend some more? Uh, there are a lot of people who are really annoyed about that age thing, that age limitation, that it's only for people over 75. Uh, and there's another thing we have not even talked about here. So I'm just going to flag that before we go to break. And people, I will get to your calls after the break. But it is this looming, brewing scandal involving the RCMP commissioner, Brenda Lucky. And the question is, she, a, a major official in Nova Scotia, where they had that horrible mass shooting, says that uh, she uh, told him that she promised the government she would find out what kind of guns would use because they wanted that information for their gun control re- legislation. And uh, he was saying that's part of the investigation and that is interference. And of course, Trudeau denied it. But, you know, I watched that denial on television, looked at his face and it's like, oh, you know, maybe that denial wasn't entirely truthful. I couldn't say for sure. But anyway, we haven't talked about that. So if you're interested in talking about that, give us a shout. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday, the day we talk about what you want to talk about. And uh, we're getting ready to go right back to the phones. But let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Now, there are a couple of issues that are still kind of... uh, percolating from the week. But I want to read a a few things that just came in over the transom. Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, has weighed in on the U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, which is to uh, stop giving abortion rights to women, uh, which now opens the way for states to completely ban it. He called the ruling, quote, horrific. And in the meantime, the Conservative Party's interim leader, Candace Bergen, says that its position on abortion has has not changed and it will not introduce legislation or reopen the abortion debate. However, one of the candidates in the leadership race, Leslyn Lewis, who we talked to here just about a week or so ago, says that she opposes coercive and sex-selective abortions. I'm not sure what she means by the coercive. 
uh, and would allow free votes on matters of conscience in the House of Commons. So um, I, I think that if she is elected leader, well, don't pay attention to what Candace Bergen is saying. And it's true. I don't think there's an appetite for reopening this here in Canada. There is no law regarding abortion, but everybody is kind of leave well enough alone and uh, live and let live. So let us get to the phones. Ray in Mississauga. Hello, Ray. Hi, Libby. What is uh, going on with the license suspension? I just caught the end of it. Well, uh, you can have your license suspended for medical reasons. There are certain conditions. Uh, like but what, though? Did, did, did they get in specifics like what, what would cause, how bad does this have to be for suspending somebody's license? Well, it's kind of uh, up to your doctor. Doctors are required to report conditions that they think will make it dangerous for a person to drive. And it's issues, well, there's cognitive impairment and dementia, there's epilepsy, anything that, you know, gives you seizures. And there are, is also eye conditions. And uh, so it's it's stuff like that. And, uh, you know, even people who agreed that maybe their license should have been suspended for a while are saying it is far too complicated to get it reinstated when they're stabilized. Yeah. Okay. uh, Thank you for that. I just caught the end of it. Okay. Thank you, Ray. Yeah. Bye now. Bye bye. Okay, let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-866. 740 740. So we're talking about these license suspensions. We're talking about the World Cup of Soccer. I'm about to take a, a call on that. Uh, and I haven't heard from anybody about the new cabinet. Uh, do you have confidence in the new cabinet? It's a 30 member cabinet, a big majority. Sylvia Jones is going to take over from Christine Elliott. Michael Ford, the premier's nephew, has a job in cabinet. There's a CFL star who's getting a job in cabinet. And uh, some of the stalwarts are just staying where, where they are. There's Peter Vethlin Falvey in, fi- in finance, uh, Carolyn Mulrooney in transportation. Uh, we have Monty McNaughton in labor. And we have uh, lots of other ones. Raymond Cho is minister for seniors. Uh, and a couple of people dropped from cabinet. So if you have any uh, anything to say about that, we want to hear it right now. Let us hear from Bill in Uxbridge. Hello, Bill. Hello, Libby. I uh, just wanted to talk about the five games that uh, have been awarded. Who's on the hook for that? Is it just the taxpayers and the GTA, or excuse me, in the 416, or are the 905 people also going to have to kick in money? Is the province going to have to kick in money? Do you know, Libby? It is. Uh, there's going to be money from all three levels of government. Oh, dear. Uh, in Toronto and in Vancouver. Uh, you know, I always say at the end of the day, there's only one taxpayer. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'll bet uh, if, uh, if business is attracted to Toronto, most of that new business will end up in the, in the 905 anyway. They can't afford to locate in Toronto itself. That's all my, I have to say. Okay. What Thank do you, you think, good thing or bad thing? I'm sorry? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, frankly, 
I don't give a you know what. <laughs> okay. Enjoy your show. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye bye. Okay. Well, you know, it's our money, so maybe we should give a you-know-what about these things. I think it kind of snuck through. People just, it just wasn't on the radar because we don't have the schedule for whatever votes are happening. And uh, there you go. And it's something, you know, the, the dichotomy to me is really quite stunning. On the one hand, you have virtually every political person being in favor and saying this is great. There was one vote against Gord Perks. And then you ask people about it, and I haven't found anyone who said that they think this offers good value for money, that the things that are promised to come back as a result of this, that there's actually a good chance that we'll see them. So again, the numbers 416 toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's go to Pat on Highway 400. Hi, Pat. Hi, Libby. You on the My way to the com- cottage? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, sounds uh, nice. Yeah, no, it should be. Uh, my point is with regard to the spending by politicians. And and hopefully I'm not going to lose you under the bridge here as I'm just south of Barry. Let's hope I haven't lost you. But my point is, if there was some sort of way for some sort of financial incentive for politicians not to so freely spend other people's money. Hmm. Um, I mean, I was eight years on council. People didn't understand the finances, and that isn't their fault. It's very complicated accounting, and I am a CPA. So, uh, but that's the sad part of it. It's so easy to spend somebody else's money. It is. It 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 really is. And then you hear, you know, uh, almost platitudes. You have to spend money to make money, and and all of that. And, and my follow up, and I've made this comment before. I think we should be voting a big vote of thanks to John Tory. I mean, he just seems to be doing a great job. I don't know the man, but everything just seems to continue to work. And he's working, I would say, probably 16 hours a day. And and it's all quiet and carefully carried out. So well, wait a I minute. Wait a minute. You know, um, uh, I, I think he's doing a pretty good job. But number one, when it comes to this particular big spending of money, he would have been the biggest booster of all is is number one. And number two, you know, we had our tune into the town panel on yesterday. And I think they are really sharp. And one thing that the former mayor former tiny perfect mayor david crombie was saying that you know we toronto anyway is having trouble delivering basic services there's a lot of litter on the streets and if you want to throw something out you know blog to flagged this the the litter boxes on the street are overflowing and disgusting i mean who would want to even take a chance of touching them and these are basic things washrooms in public places not open i think pools are finally open but they weren't open for the first couple of heat waves uh and 
that's what the st- that is the city's knitting. And you know, before you start spending hundreds of millions of dollars on soccer games, uh, you know, maybe we should take care of that. And and they still haven't picked up all the debris from the uh, storm, which is what four weeks ago tomorrow. Well, exactly. So why are we saying we have all this extra to spend hundreds of million do- uh, millions of dollars on some soccer games? Like, exactly. I mean, there are people who have city trees that fell and made a big mess and are dangerous, and they're still on, you know, not dealt with. But, but in one, one thing that's got to be made clear, the politicians really don't have much other than a policy standpoint. Because government is run by the workers who are there, and unless they've got good managers, uh, you know, the politicians can't do very much. Well, um, maybe there is uh, something that could be done about that. I mean, you know, when in the at the federal level, when say. Uh, what the the nonsense in the passport office? I blame the federal minister for not, uh, you know, making sure that stuff was getting done when all these workers were supposedly working at home. The buck has and, to stop somewhere. And I know all about that because my sister, who has lived in the U.S. for the last fifty years, wanted to get a new Canadian passport during the COVID period. Wow. We finally got it, but you really did wonder whether anybody was working anywhere. Okay, yes, and we're still wondering. Thank you, Pat, for your call. Okay, uh, before I get the next caller, I'm going to give the numbers out again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and I'm getting the bell ready. Frank and Acton, you're a first-time caller. Hello. I am, I am indeed, yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Listen, I just, I just want to make a comment about what the heck is going on south of the border. They are uh, the most uh, imperfect democracy in the world, it seems to me. Uh, they, they, they just, it seems, the, the, uh, the majority of people are for certain things, yet the Supreme Court and the politicians don't back up the majority. Uh, you know, I, I haven't visited the state since 2004, and uh, I intend never to go there until they change their tune. And that's my comment. Thank you very much. Okay, Frank and Acton. Well, uh, the Supreme Court and uh, the president, Joe Biden, is not happy, certainly with what the Supreme Court did yesterday. But hey, that's the legacy of Donald Trump. He put those Supreme Court justices in. And you know what? At the end of the Barack Obama uh, regime, they kind of let the Republicans block the appointment of Merrick Garland, who's there now, because he was liberal. And uh, they got busy doing that. And this is the result. You have the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And you have the overturning. They said it's unconstitutional to prevent people from carrying concealed weapons, uh, which they are or were prevented from doing in places like New York and California. And it's like, what? <laughs> Do they think that New York and California, which have those rules, don't have enough mass shootings? Is that what they're thinking? Uh, it's It just boggles the mind. And again, it is the legacy 
of Donald Trump. And I don't know, you know, uh, to me, are those the things that define conservative ideology is not what I think is conservative ideology, or certainly conservative economics. But anyway, let us go to Louis in Nobleton. Hello, Louis. Oh, hi, Libby. Uh, Libby, I want to ask you about uh, a big elephant in the room as, as a fellow Jew. Okay. How come how come we don't have anybody addressing the fact that our deputy prime minister is the granddaughter of a confirmed Nazi? And that's a fact. No one wants to talk about it. Sylvia Jones, I have no idea, so we have to look into it. We don't make accusations. Oh, you mean Christian Freeland? Okay, he's gone. Uh uh, I I think he means Christian Freeland, and she has talked about uh, having a, a relative who um, had some anti-Semitic views, and that is that those are not her views, and that is public. Uh, and um, I, I have never heard any kind of objection to Christian Freeland on that note. Uh, so people, you know. Uh, please don't accuse people of certain things unless you know for sure that's a fact. Okay, we move along. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's go to Lauren in Keswick. Hello, Lauren. Hello, Libby. It's Lori. Oh, Lori, Sorry. That's okay. I just want to talk to you about something off topic. My partner and I purchased 70 bags of sheep manure and topsoil from Walmart. And we found in it lots of shredded up plastic. I was just wondering if if any other avid gardener out there has found the same thing. My partner picked out a lot of the plastic and has a container full of it, and we call Greenpeace, and no one seems to be concerned about this. Uh, I don't know if Greenpeace, did you call Walmart? Walmart. Well, we haven't called Walmart yet. Walmart owns the company that bags the soil. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, if if you found something that you shouldn't be there in in a product, you should kind of tell them and have them replace it, no? Well, that's what I'm thinking, but we went and bought, purchased two more bags just to see if there was any plastic in it, and there certainly was. I I, I would go to the place I bought it first. Uh, I don't know uh, if that's okay to have it in there. Was, is, was there a label on the bag that said it contained plastic? No. Uh, well, uh, I would think that's a problem. Uh, there, there are other groups like environmental defense or whatever that you might call. I, frankly, I, I don't know what to tell you. Thanks, Libby. You have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you for that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Huh. Uh, sometimes we've bought soil for our garden. I've never seen plastic in it. Anyway, we have to take another break. Let me give out the numbers before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 740 740 
Nobody has wanted to talk about the new cabinet and the new mandate for Doug Ford. What do you think about that? I would definitely like to know. We've been talking about those medical license suspensions. We've been talking about that all week. Uh, We're also talking about the World Cup of Soccer. Can we really afford to stage those games? Are they really going to bring the benefits that the politicians say they will bring? What do you think? And south of the border, we have uh, the Supreme Court there overturning Roe versus Wade, which gave constitutional protection so that women could have abortions if that's what they wanted to do. Uh, and yesterday they overturned some restrictions on carrying concealed weapons. And uh, Prime Minister Trudeau has weighed in on the reversal of Roe versus Wade. He's calling the ruling horrific. The leader, the interim leader of the Conservative Party says they are not going to change or reopen the debate. But, you know, one of their leadership candidates says otherwise. So the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back with more after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. And a note, people, please be patient. I will get to your calls. And, you know, a couple of times I see people get, they get impatient. And just as I'm about to take the call, they decide they've been waiting too long. So we'll get to your call. And the numbers are 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And today we are still talking about the World Cup of Soccer and whether taxpayers are getting good value for money. It's going to be $600 million for 10 games here and in Vancouver. And the politicians are all swearing that the it's an investment. It'll pay back with interest. But, you know, a lot of people are not on side with that. Do not believe that we are going to get the return that we are being promised. Another big issue, uh, you know, there was a move to take the Mutso name off hospital in Vaughan because of very tragic news we got this week that uh, the father of the three children killed by the drunk driver, Marco Muzo, took his life. Uh, and uh, there is an online petition with thousands of signatures saying uh, it's it's time to take their name off. And I'm sure there's a big contract because that was a multi-million dollar donation made in 2017. So what do you think about that? The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Arnie in Thornhill. Hello, Arnie. Uh, hello. I just wanted to talk about uh, Doug Ford's uh, mandate. 
Sure. Uh, my, my concern here is that given the, the extremely low election turnout, I don't know if you can really call it a mandate. Well, it's, well, uh, it's ridiculous that we call this a, a, a democracy when less than half the people are voting. Whether that, that's that's not a very clear democracy, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, and I, I, you know, that's the way our system works. It's a first past the post system, and there are a lot of people who are saying we should have a different system. We should go to proportional representation, and there are a lot of people who get annoyed when I bring up Israel saying that system is not so great. And yeah. just this week, they pulled the plug. They're going to have their, their fifth election in four years. Do we want that really? No, no. But, but in terms of the voter, uh, voter knowledge of the candidates and the parties, I don't think uh, that's been really rolled out at all very well, either by the parties or by the press themselves. They didn't really stress any issues. In fact, the coverage was very limited. Uh, I don't know. We covered we covered it a lot here. Uh, people weren't uh, that tuned into it. I think that's a factor as well. Yeah, I, I that I, w- I would agree with, especially with what's going on down south and the major highlights that are happening there. So. Okay. Okay, Arnie. Well, there you go. Our system yielded a very big majority to Doug Ford. Yep. Okay. So- I guess we'll have to live with it for the next four years. Uh, that's right. Okay. Okay. Oh, what did I do there? Okay, moving right along, let's go to Brian in Toronto. Hello, Brian. Hey, Libby, how are you? Fine, how are you? I was going to comment on the World Cup, but I have to, I just listened to this last phone call, and with all due respect to the gentleman, I have to call him out on this. It's not the political party's responsibility for voter turnout. We have a democracy. I voted. I'm sure you voted. Uh, If someone chooses not to vote, that's not necessarily the fault of the media. I listened to your station and other media outlets, and I thought that the election was very well covered, to be honest with you. And, you know, regardless of whether you do proportional representation, I used to live in Israel, so I remember how the political system worked there. We have have a multi-party system. Nobody is ever going to win 50% of the popular vote. It it hasn't happened in how many years? We have a parliamentary system. We like it. We don't like it. That's the reality. Yeah, and it's like uh, you used to live in Israel, and I follow I used to as well. And, and, okay, so you have proportional representation. You have very small, uh, some I would call some fringe parties who have a very outsized... Outsize influence because uh, they have the bargaining chips, and then you have five elections in four years, and Italy the same. Yep, outrageous. So, I mean, our system may not be perfect, but if if you want to have a voice, you go out and you vote. If you don't vote, you've got no reason, you've got no right to criticize, in my opinion. Well, it, it's, you can criticize. Uh, you don't need a right to criticize, but I, but I agree with you. That's a problem, and people are taking our democracy for granted. And look what's happening in Ukraine. People are dying uh, to fight for a democracy. Yep. We are so blessed here, and I don't. And I think that we become complacent. I agree with you. All the best, Libby. Thank you very much. Be safe and be healthy. Okay, thank you. Same to you. 
And people, we do have a few minutes left in the show. Still time to hear from you. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And again, haven't heard from many people, just a couple on this new big majority by Doug Ford. You know, the NDP has just released something on it. We'll get to that in a second. Let's take a call from Anthony in Etobicoke. Hello, Anthony. Uh, hi, Libby. I enjoy your show. First time caller. Oh, wait, wait. Um, uh, Welcome. Regarding the World Cup, uh, the primary uh, beneficiaries of this are going to be uh, the owners of uh, the, the TFC because the stadium has to be expanded to at least 40,000 seats. It's presently 30,000. Right. Again, this will be at the at the taxpayers' behest, and they they will they will have uh, years and years of increased profits um, because of an expanded facility. Uh, yeah, if they can fill it, yes. I mean, yes, there there are a lot of things about this that that you know maybe we should have taken a closer look at. And um, the the trickle down effect is they. Uh, so fondly call. Uh, I don't know what kind of a trickle-down effect this is going to have for for smaller businesses. Uh, There's only five games in in Toronto, five in Vancouver. They will be played within a short period of time. Oh, there'll be some benefits, but um, the, quote, investment that they're speaking about in, in free market capitalism, is uh, you're you're trying to get a return on your investment. So the 600 million, approximately, and as you so appropriately pointed out, that's presently. That's in 2022. That's the figure that they're using. That figure is probably going to balloon up, probably closer to eight or nine, maybe even a billion dollars when everything is all said and done. Yeah, I I would not be surprised. Anthony, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, Bruce and Markham, you want to talk about Pearson? Yeah, um, I came in partway through the uh, your, your, your talking about it the other day, but the son was saying, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the, the Trudeau bunch, and um, uh, saying that two of the, the, his ministers were solely responsible for not getting it done. But in your interview the other day, I said I heard partial that uh, they only had three months lead time. I mean, the Sun article was saying they knew months in advance the airline was telling them that they had to ramp up for this. Was Who was saying they only had three months lead time and it wasn't their fault? Was he defending the ministers or... Well, I, I think uh, I think they're saying that uh, there was enough blame to go around. That some of this is the fault of the airlines for, you know, booking more flights than they had the capacity for. And what, I think what he was saying, you were talking about John Grodick, was that the quote the number it works on a system where the airlines get slots and. Those slots are determined six months in advance, and six months ago, they probably didn't realize how much traffic they were going to have. But really, I mean, it was predicted that people would really want to travel 
when the restrictions were coming off. So I think there's plenty of blame to go around. But, you know, the, we've seen the transport minister just deflecting. Nothing is his fault. And the, and, and the, the minister running the passport office, give me a break. Okay, so yeah, that's I like I said I caught, I didn't know they, if they were defending the two ministers like they said both of them are saying it's not their problem or they couldn't help that it sounds like they could have well yeah <laughs> at, least, I, re, at least reduced it yeah I think that uh, as usual there's plenty of blame to go around okay Bruce thanks for your call thank you love the program thank you okay Jerry in Scarborough hi Jerry. Hi there. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, I'd like to uh, point your attention to one of the, the, the most strongest economic countries in the world that has proportional representation is Germany. You keep on using Israel. Now, I looked a little bit more into it, and apparently Germany has, and this is one website, I'm sure there's more, uh, Germany has had 19 elections since 1945 to 2017. Canada, in fact, has had 22 or 23. So, you know, there is a there is a country that works very well under proportional representation, as as well as you keep saying about Italy. But this indicates that there's only been 18 elections in that time. So. And I, I don't know, it doesn't say anything about Israel. So there, there's a different point of view here that you have to look at. Not all countries are created equal. Well, yeah, I will, I will look into the system in Germany. Uh, it, I, is it a fully proportional system? I don't think so. Well, regardless if it's fully proportional, it does have proportional. Now, again, where does it all work out? I mean, proportional system, you know, to me... Um, there's different ways of, of, of setting it up. We just tried to set it up the best we can. I mean, I, I, I'd like to remark that when um, Ken Campbell lost with Byron Mulroney, the amount of seats they went down was two, as you've also yep. alluded to. Now I covered about, that election in yeah, Vancouver. Now, and that's about 0.6% of the seats, and they didn't have party status. But yet, in fact... They got 20% of the popular vote, the conservatives. So had proportional representation been implemented, there might have been a little bit more representation for the conservatives in that time. Okay, well, I, I, I'll have a look at the system in Germany, but um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm pretty clear about why I'm not a fan of that system. And in, in this country as well, we have to balance things out regionally. So how do you get to that with proportional representation? Well, it'd be something, okay, I don't know. I mean, there's different ways of doing it. You could have 200 uh, out of 300 seats. You could have 200 seats that are first past the post and then proportional representation if, 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 an example here. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry we've got to go. We're out of time. We'll okay. take up the conversation again. Thanks for your call. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. We'll be back here to talk on Monday. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.